Hello everyone and welcome to the Fox Sports Rugby Podcast, our Super Rugby preview for 2017. But before we get to this week's episode, it is with a heavy heart we deliver our podcast from Fox Sports HQ as we take a moment to remember and recognise and share in the, the grief after the passing earlier this week of former Wallaby Waratah and Brumby, Dan Vickerman. Dan arrived in Australia chasing big dreams in the world of rugby out of South Africa, was signed by Eddie Jones to the Brumbies back in 01 after firstly playing in the New South Wales under-21s team and from there it was 85 Super Rugby games with both the Brumbies and then the Waratahs. 63 test caps and he played all his Club Rugby with the Sydney University side here in Sydney. He passed away last Sunday, aged 37 years, and leaves behind wife Sarah and two young boys. Fellas, it is it has been a horrendous week. It's been it's been everything that's terrible about life. And Halsey, you have known Vix for a long, long time, and on Sunday when you flicked through. The message to us before it had been announced publicly, I think there was just there was just a great deal of shock initially because, like you, I don't think any of us could have ever expected that that would be what would play out. Yeah, it was. Uh, it has been a, a very very sad, probably the toughest week from a football or rugby fraternity that, I, that I've ever been through. Um, on par with the death of Sean Mackay, who was a really close lifelong friend of mine. That was horrendous and. But the, the circumstances in, in which this has happened has just been so, so scary for everyone involved just to realise just uh, how much of a troubled situation he must have been in to, to go through what he was going through in those final hours. And yeah, so I work for the Classic Wallabies. That's my job at the AU and I look after or try and get past players involved in the game. And, and Vix is one who has always been willing to put his hand up and we we often have you know on average you might lose two or three wallabies a year through generally old age and and they've all had really good innings and you generally get to reflect positively on them but when I, I got the call myself from Adam Fry who runs the website at the AU and and he just said I got some bad news and I I, I don't think it was I, I straight up thought this is terrible but then I realised I had all my family with me so I was like oh, it, you know oh, it'll be okay but then he, then when he told me in the circumstances it was just I don't know, you, your world stops and then you, you wonder, you know, the game does so many great things for us. You get to be able to live the the best life. I, I was explaining to a mate this morning about the struggles of going through a transition and he said, oh, what's so you You joked and said, oh, you just basically got to do what I did since I was 20 now. And I said, yeah, but think about it. When we were at school together, this mate of mine I went to school with, I said, we used to play rugby at school. The best time of our school in life was Tuesday and Thursday afternoon when we went to rugby training. I said, that was the best. I said, so mate, that was what we've then done from the age of 20 to 35. The best part of your school life has then been our work life for 15 years, playing rugby with your mates. And then to go to this real world and the transition that we're going through and, and there was no one more educated than Vix and that's where it becomes so scary. And, it, and there's so many different messages and people want to help at the moment and no one knows where to channel that help. And I suppose the only thing I would like to see happen over time is just to encourage guys to talk about this more. I, I knew Vix was a guy that took his losses pretty seriously and he got beat himself up a little bit when things didn't go his way but he was also a really caring and soft soul off the field and 
you know, a day or two after a game, he was always upbeat and ready to go again. And that's what most guys were. So, But I just feel like if we all knew, and it doesn't have to be a public forum, but if certain players and close friends are in his, in his team, if you knew that someone was going through this, you'd, you'd go out of your way to spend a bit more time with them in these transitional years. And I don't know, I don't... I don't think it's something we can solve overnight, but um, there's certainly a lot of discussion that needs to take place over the next short period about how we can help this situation. Well, though, I reckon one of the things that has really hit home with, like you say, Horsey, you and I are similar age guys in their mid-30s, is that um, when you play junior footy with these guys or against them, you, you're, bound by, you're bound by rugby. So you play footy against a guy you know, in your late teens and you, you know them in one way or another all the way through for the rest of your life and the rugby world, particularly in Australia, has been quite fortunate in in recent years outside of Ben Chun and more recently Iray Simone with the now with the Waratahs and with the North Harbour Rays is that that, that that depression thing has never really come up, not in rugby circles, it's never really been at the forefront. Those isolated incidents, it hasn't been a widespread thing. So feels to me like that's why it was it had such a profound effect on so many people and and even guys Horsey who didn't know um know Vicks all that well still felt connected by connected by rugby and it's I, th- I think that's part of the reason why it's it's really rocked everybody yeah I didn't know Dan particularly well but he'd, he'd often come in on on Sunday morning uh, to do his Fox Sports news pieces um, where, where Christian and I would would be there and just like you say just the softest sort of gentlest uh, guy um, to just to chat to just as sort of some people had noticed if it wasn't for how tall he was you, you had no idea he was this brutal amazing rugby player um, I think you obviously played with him Sean as well and you I think you tweeted out that uh, you, and other people commented they never felt sort of safer on the field than, than when he was out there um, just just yeah quite a obviously a complex and, and intense guy but um, yeah not certainly not just a r- wonderful rugby player a wonderful uh, friend and family member by the sounds of it. Yeah, and, and that's again why we're all so shocked. Like I, I know that guys struggle in the transition. I'm going through it myself. It's, you know, nothing's as easy as, or as enjoyable as when you play footy. But I always just thought because he had such a safe and solid family base that he was fine and he was so well educated and he had good jobs and he was on good boards. So it just goes to show that you know no one's invincible. And um, you know, I mentioned that in particular. Like, and I, I meant that when I said it. Like, he was a guy that. If there's one, everyone's kind of remembered for one thing, and I just remember thinking in games, I would hate to be that guy that just got cleaned out by Dan Vickerman because he was just so good at using his weight in the in the collision. Like he he just taught himself actually to be a really good player because he was such a big guy, and it's hard for tall, like probably the tallest Australian rugby player we've had since Will Skelton's come along. But he was just so physical, and um, he was such a. Then he'd step off the field, and he'd be such a friendly, soft person who had a pretty dry sense of humor and a teammate that everyone loved being around so it's going to take a huge amount of time for people to get their head around I I don't even use the word get over because it's you don't get over these things you just get through them I suppose and one thing I do find interesting is players now like we get met current players are going to to training and they'll they'll measure their flexibility with their foot range their sit and reach they'll do urine tests they'll weigh in they'll do sleep tests I just wonder how often we're actually touching on plays and giving them the opportunity even if it's behind closed doors or um, anonymously by, by saying like what's your mental health state is there a history of this in your family and it, and it doesn't need to be given to the whole team but I know if I was a senior player and of a team that and I had a young guy that came in who'd, who'd I'd like to know that there was a couple of kids young guys in my team that had these issues and 
and that's when you can help support these people. I think t- it's we've seen too much in this week to be able to 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 skip around this issue. I think we need to take it on and just encourage people to talk about it. And it's not a problem if you've got these issues. It it really isn't. There's that many avenues out there. And I'm let, please, I'm no no expert at all, but. The, the research I hear and read is all about speaking to someone and speaking to people. Yeah, John, John Kerwin in New Zealand has been a really uh, massive advocate for, for promoting mental health issues and, and awareness and he sort of made the point that you need to, his doctor talked to him and said, oh, the, you treat the brain like a hamstring, you need to stretch it and, and nurture it and you know get get treatment for, for that. Like it's, it's, it's no different, like you say, it needs to be part of the, certainly part, I think most professional teams would have some sort of uh, support network to there, but, but of course, yeah. More, but so more, this more is the issue. Like when they in teams, you've got all the surroundings <laughs> in the world, and when you finish and you yep. look, and like so, an example is our players union, Rupert, do a really good rookie camp. Everyone who's going to be a full time footy player this year has already gone through the Rupert two or three night induction camp. And at that camp, you have player managers come down, media come down and speak to them. You get spoken about how to sign contracts and how to deal with media and you know setbacks, and you get this really good in depth discussion because you're entering rugby. It's like they roll out the red carpet. And I've been through it twice. I left the Brumbies with an injury when it looked like it was all over, and then I left the the Waratahs at the end of my career when I knew it was all over. And both times, it's literally in the space of half hour, you walk in, you you, you might, in the Brumbies case, I didn't even get to talk to the team. Like the coach, Jake White at the time, told him I was retiring, which I wasn't. I was just injured. And I'd packed up my locker, and and I've 30 minutes later, I'm in the highway back to Sydney. And that was was one of the driving forces in me to, come out of a so-called retirement was because I wasn't happy with how it finished and then I go to the Waratahs and the same sort of thing like shake the hand of the coach and you pack up your locker and you're gone and it's it's really confronting and and, and I'm I'm really enjoying the challenge that life sets after but um, it, it is certainly a challenge it's way it's way more challenging than going into a footy side it's walking out of one what would you encourage guys to do who are nearing the back end of their career right now I'd really encourage a uh, a transitional period where for at least six months it's a bit like a you take some time off you know whether it be part-time or a year off you know like to be able to set yourself up where you just go and meet people you sit down and because this is the other thing we're really good on providing education for young kids so we Rupert fund a lot of study for our players and you get post retirement study but for me I don't necessarily think studying and getting degrees and diplomas is is the answer you need life experience and it's really hard to pick that up while you're playing because of the current schedule so I, I would probably say to guys set yourself up in a way that you know you're going to take a hit in in your finances so you've got to start to live like you would live on instead of being 200 or 300 or 400,000 a year you've got to start to live like normal person lives on 100 grand a year so you need to do that for the last 18 to 24 months of your career and you want to be in a position where you can take some time off to just go and use the contacts and and I'd also so a big part of the reason I played club rugby last year was I still wanted to feel like I was playing football I'd while I wasn't a professional footy player in my mind I was still playing footy and that was an important and I might do it again this year if the body holds up it's an important way of stepping away so it's not like you go professional rugby bang I've cut all ties I don't play rugby anymore I think you should still I really do. I got so much value out of playing club rugby last year because you turn up like wet, cold nights and you don't necessarily want to be there. When you're used to training on Allianz at 3pm and it's sunny, it's different to going to a club rugby at 8pm when it's drenching with rain. So I just think there's a few little steps you can take along the way. But I'd also, one thing I do notice now is like what we do, what all players 
commonly come out of the woodwork this week and said to each other is that they miss being around each other. So we're already talking about ways of getting together and training together and doing gym sessions at certain venues throughout Sydney one day a week just to you know get these guys back involved with each other. Yeah, it is a pretty unnatural lifestyle in a lot of ways, isn't it? And, yeah. and, and your teammates become your, your family, and then if that just drops away cold, then you obviously lose all, all that support structure. And yeah, it's been a pretty terrible uh, you know year or two for 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 rugby players going far too young, starting starting with Jonah Lomo, I guess, and, and then used to under Vesses and Siona Loaki in recent times, and, and now Dan, it's um it's been pretty rough for the rugby fraternity around the world, hasn't it? It is, it has been, and uh, guys, it, this is something that we'll discuss further and further as as we get into the season and try and shed some light on it after we've had time to take it all in, Halsey, because it's, there's, it's, it's going to be a tough couple of weeks coming yeah. up for you and the guys mm. um, with the funeral sort of coming, that sort of stuff, so don't want to... Um, don't want to. Oh, it, oh, there's no right way in, in saying this, but I don't want to um, g- get stuck around trying to find ways to to, to completely solve the problem yeah. from a rugby player's perspective. Other than to say that, uh, obviously, the three of us in the room um, are so deeply sorry for the loss for Dan's immediate family and friends. We're just going to park it here for a moment, um, and we'll be back in just a second with your Super Rugby preview for 2017. Okay, we are just 36 hours from kickoff as we record our podcast Wednesday afternoon ahead of Rebels v Blues, guys. It has come around. 201 day wait has come to an end and it is back knocking on the door. Super Rugby 2017. Rebels v Bulls. Rebels v Blues as well. Rebels v Blues down in Melbourne. Uh, how do you want to do this? Do you want to preview it as game by game or do you want to go club by club, Aussie club by club? How we, How do you want to play it out? I'll leave it up to you fellas. Oh, do you want to go uh, game by well, game? Yeah, we'll look at the matchup, shall we? Look let's, at go, the, let's go game the, by for game. The, for all the Aussie Aussie game by game. Aussie game by game. Then we'll get the other one. So Rebels v Blues, the Rebels. 2017, we sort of got stuck on loop. It was like an episode of Westfield World last year, Halsey. We say the same thing about the Rebels week in, week out. If they could just get this right, if they could just get that right. This time around in 2017, what are they got to do to get moving towards the finals? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll kick things off then. Um, nine and ten, it all starts there, doesn't it? Um, last year, unfortunately, Sturzacker, he was uh, injured for the start of the season, and he I, I talked to him at the Super Rugby launch, and he was put in a it became a pretty difficult situation for him because he was appointed captain, um, a young you know young captain trying to find his feet, and then he was uh, injured, so he he never really felt I guess comfortable um, in that position. But this year, he's fully fit. Uh, he looked pretty sharp um, in, in the tens and in, in the trial game by all accounts as well. So I think. He He'll uh, lead the guys around all right. Um, I really like the the look of their number eight recruit, Amanaki Mafi, uh, the big uh, Tongan lad who, who plays for Japan now. He was incredible at the, the World Cup, and um, he's also a school schoolboy friend of um, Lepeti Tamani. They grew up in Tonga together, so I think those two are going to gonna really relish playing together and, and going to smack some people around. But I'd, yeah, I do still worry a bit about the Rebels, just whether they're quite a slick, cohesive professional outfit uh, that, that they need to be to consistently win. I think last year they made a, a great start to the comp but uh, but fell away and I just wonder if they've really got that, that um, I guess, culture of, of winning that other teams do. They, they just don't seem to be able to close out some, some tight games sometimes, Halsey. Yeah, I, I was pretty confident on the Rebels about 
six or eight weeks ago. But the, what I'm concerned about now is they've had significant amount of injuries in the in the short space of time, probably since the Brisbane 10s, their trial game after the Brisbane 10s. They, they've got a number of players missing from the first couple of weeks. Toby Smith, Chipper Hansen, Sean McMahon. Um, there's a couple more. And, and I just think it's really hard. Yeah, to, no, 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 Valo or Corabiti for the yeah, first round either. So. There you go. Yeah. Like, um, so that, that, that really concerns me. And I think if it's only for round one, it's okay. But if this sort of lingers, I can't see them beating the Blues. That's my honest reaction. Um, if this drags into round two or three, like, it's so hard to chase in this competition. And then all of a sudden you're talking about midway through the season, oh, if only they had another couple of games under the belt. And at, at this stage, I, yeah, I, um, I think they're probably at the stage from their roster where they're probably lacking a quality 10. That was what they were really searching. I think Deborah Sini has shown us in NRC level that in NRC level, you'd almost describe him as next level. You'd say he's better than everyone else in his position in that competition, but he hasn't been able to translate that into super rugby form. And um, and I don't know if they're going to play him at 15 or at 10. I like the idea of him spending some time at 15. He's down to stat at 15. Yep, so he's, tomorrow night. Yep. I, I like that. And I, But at the same time, for him to be a really competent number 15, they need a really strong number 10, number 9, number 10 combination. You're right, it didn't work last year. Yep. Sturzaka didn't start the season and then had a slow return to the Super Rugby. So um, they'll they'll hang on the back of Fainga, Geordie Reid and Sean McMahon when they come back. But I'd, the only shining light out of that is all three of those guys, as much as they're really abrasive and aggressive and good on the ball, they're also very good in attack. So um, that's a... Big big improvement for me for a back row is when they can not only stop play but a bit like George Smith they can produce play and I think they can do that. Reese Hodge in year two of Super Rugby as well. It's a strong centre pairing. Hodge and Eamon expect them to defend stoutly and they're hard direct runners so they should ask some questions of Blues first up but I'm with you Halls and I think it might be a tight one potentially. Actually you know what? I've seen the Blues team. Blues team, they're, they're, they're rocked by injuries as well. They're missing a ton of players they're missing as well. A, I'm yeah. going to go the Rebels in an upset. Oh, yeah. They're outsiders, I'll go Rebels in an upset. Then we skip ahead, guys, to Reds v Sharks in Brisbane, 8 p.m. kickoff Sydney time, 7 p.m. local. Now, the Reds have named themselves a crackerjack lineup. No mucking around, no messing about by coach Nick Styles. This is a super rugby team who, if they click, should be playing finals footy, no doubt about it. Yep, you're spot on. They've recruited better than any team. And what I really like about the Reds is you've got guys at really different stages of their career. So you you often see sides that um, have a lot of senior players and they click really well. But what I like about the Reds is they've got guys like your Reddies, your Tongan Thors, Luke Antui. Got these guys that have had a sniff of it and they want more. They're really hungry. So they're not they're not rookies anymore. Um, Sammy Talakai, like good young front row. And then you've got other guys like more. Quade Cooper, Slipper, Simmons, uh, Higginbotham. He's got a, a massive point to prove Higginbotham. I, I think he's still one of the one of the most talented back rowers in Australia. So I think if he can put it all together, um, he should be one of their best players. And George Smith, like I, I'll say it time and time again, we, we've not seen a better player in Australian rugby. And and I'm certain, unless it's injury that stops him, he'll prove to everyone why he's the best one we've ever seen. <laughs> what about this? He comes back as a 36-year-old. He'll turn 37, I think, he turns in July, I think Georgie 
birthdays. Yeah, I think it might be July, so potentially he'll be 37 if they do make the GF. And he makes up that back row with Scott Higginbotham and Adam Korchik, who we saw come through the NRC with Brisbane City. He was Can you just good. Just go over that pronunciation big. again. Korchik. Korchik. Yeah, 100%. A big mop of blonde hair. He is very abrasive. And then you look at their bench as well, guys, for the game against the Sharks. And there is some decent players coming off there, too. Parisi, I can't wait to see him. And Isaac Rotter as well, the Aussie 20s player who we saw cut round last year. While was he with Queensland Country? That guy is big and he can move. Yeah, and you mentioned Parisi. We feel as though it was you and I that got him on that spring tour. He owes um, He does. I've not had a not phone call a, or a so tweet or even, not even an Instagram like. Not you know, so like, much as a like. Nothing, yeah, no, nothing. So anyway, we'll get that from Parisi soon. But in terms of this week, this is the unknown about Super Rugby. It's so different to any other competition. We just don't see these guys. Look, I haven't seen the Sharks trial. You could They could be in like, you know, competition best form, but they, you just don't know. And that's yeah. why it's so, such an unknown in the first couple of rounds. So it really is such a difficult competition to tip in the first couple of rounds, Super Rugby. Yeah, I just hope that people do give the Reds a little bit of time. There's been so much hype and expectation, but the reality is this is quite a, a you know a new look team. Nah, you know, that's what bullshit. we're doing. We're putting pressure on them, mate. When bullshit. you say pressure on yeah. Straight up. No, He's got not, no, there is no betting in period. Nick Stiles has been there as an assistant coach the last two or three years, he's been working with a number of the guys who are starting through the NRC. He knows what's what, and he's got some of the best cattle cutting around in his lineup. Yeah, okay. No, Jordan. Grace Period. Get winning, boys. Yeah. You yeah. know? Okay, interesting. And I mean, they need to. Like, we need Queensland to be strong. For yeah. Australian rugby to have a good the year, season, we need them to be strong. The Australian season, you do kind of feel hinges in, in a way on the Reds, doesn't it? There's so much excitement there. We know that the Waratahs will probably they'll be solid. They'll be there or thereabouts. Um, yeah. The Force and Rebels, you know, they'll win some games. They'll, they'll lose some games. But I think, yeah, the the whole sort of feel of the season could kind of hinge on the on the Reds to a, to a large degree. There's so much excitement um, up there. They're very passionate in Queensland. They're crying out for some good footy. Will and, you and go tell a Reds... Supporter, you go tell a Reds fan that they should be prepared to wait. You know, just for a betting Two, period. Three, four you get a face full of. You get a face <laughs> full of forex. Yeah. You know, mid strength, straight up. I just yeah. hope, boom, I, I mango, bang in your face. I hope those Queenslanders. I was up there for the tens, and they are very excited. But I just hope you they had a don't, few mangoes up there, didn't you? I had a few mangoes. I just hope they don't uh, ex- expect everything to be perfect round one because it's just not going to be, is it? But uh, as, long, as long as we see the spirit there, beautiful and, and one some, day, some perfect the next. It's their state's mantra, mate. They, they expect it. They expect perfection. It's true. Honestly, it's true. They expect in round one beautiful, round two perfect. So warm, there you go. They got one week. Warm conditions set, ready to go. Saturday night, Friday night it'll be uh, for Reds v Sharks. Saturday afternoon, Crusaders Ooh. v Brumbies in Christchurch. Ooh. And he couldn't have asked for a worse first up team to face off against away from home. I don't think. That's a, a rough draw for the Brumbies, isn't it? Um, the Crusaders, we, we saw them up there in Brisbane, and they seem a really happy, energetic uh, outfit with uh, Razor Robertson in charge. He, he's going to be one of the best uh, quotes all season, I think. Uh, Razor Robertson, he's a, a very loose unit. So I think they're going to play some... Uh, they, they were due a coaching change there, to be honest. Uh, like Todd Blackadder, he went close. Um, obviously a, a, a good, solid coach, but just they seem to be missing a few ideas, particularly in their, their back play. So, um, yeah, I, I think the Crusaders will be a real dangerous outfit this year, Digby Ioane, a lot of excitement there. Um, his first touch up in Brisbane was electric. So uh, yeah, uh, I'm not a, not a huge fan of the uh, Crusaders. Um, that they're they're you know caused me a lot of heartache over the years. But I, I think they'll be too good for the Brumbies, who are just missing so much cattle, aren't they? Not not just the guys that have moved clubs, but then there've been those hammer injury blows with uh, Cabelli in preseason in particular. If you're gonna if you're gonna let a team slide weeks one, two, three, maybe even four. <laughs> 
It's the Brumbies. Yeah, it's not the Reds. It's not the Reds. <laughs> the it's the Brumbies. You, yeah, if you're all the Rebels fan, missing a few. But all yeah. the Rebels, you say, you know what, fellas, we understand. Yeah. Tough times early on with yeah. some injuries to key players. Like two weeks, like only 10 days ago, they were talking about signing a 43-year-old who is a legend of the game. But like they're in, yeah. they're in a really tough position with some injuries. So... Um, no phone call to yourself. No, no, I can't play halfback, mate. Although I was the <laughs> I was the 15 B's halfback at school, but anyway, that was obviously not in uh, the, not in my manager's CV for me. Yeah, no. So they they've been they've been smashed around with injury, expecting big things. And I wrote this up today. Rob Valentini, the powerhouse, young number eight, expecting a huge year from him. He looks good to go. If they can manage his way through the first year of Super Rugby, yeah, they're probably in the same position as the uh, the Rebels. They've, they've signed a, a, a young Kiwi as, as their number ten. Put a lot of faith in uh, Faranui Hawera. It is for the for the Rebels and Jackson Garden Bash. Sorry, the Brumbies, Jackson Garden Bashup at the Rebels. So it's uh, it's a big ask. No Super Rugby experience at all. Um, what I'm sort of sensing out of the Brumbies is they're going to sort of put that underdog chip on their shoulder mentality. They've got all that back. They've, they've lost some star players. They're, they're going to uh, hopefully, what I want to see from Larkham is sort of some more curative coaching. They, they put all their chips in the, the line-out malls and stuff the last couple of years, and to be honest, it wasn't great rugby to watch a lot of it. I know it was often effective, but I just hope we see some more imaginative uh, back play in particular and, and you know just, just break the shackles a little bit down there in You're Canberra. You're not winning Super Rugby with rolling malls off line-outs or no. set plays off the back of line-outs. But, but unfortunately, the, the opportunity to play that way, their best chance was last year when you had... Leofano, Kubeli, Tamua, uh, Tamani. Like, they've lost a lot of good players from that side. So, uh, yeah, I'm concerned from them. You're right. They'll go back to that mentality that everyone's against us and it's worked for them in the past because it's a, you know, they are our most successful franchise. And I think you always got to be wary when you when you're right off the Brumbies. And, and again, like we said about Queensland, but it's a pretty important year for the Brumbies. There's all talk of who's staying, who's going, what's going to happen to the competition structure. So they'll be playing like their lives depend on, as will the four. So, but I do think they're going to really struggle early on this season. Okay, Waratahs v. The Force. Saturday night, the Tars side has been announced at the time of us recording this podcast. And coach Daryl Gibson has put together a fairly handy squad of 23 to take on the Western Force. Iray Simone, you guys have heard a lot about him. Another of the players from the NRC that we... We couldn't have fit any more air in his tyres last year, I don't reckon. We pumped him that hard. We did, we did. We, we almost got him on a end of year tour Almost well, got him too. He, he would have given a... Parisi or Simone. One, yeah. one or the other. Yeah, so... Bloody good footballer, Iray Simone. Yeah, I, I was just at a function where Daryl Gibson spoke and spoke really highly of him about just how, he, how he's... Probably one of his challenges will be working out what he wants to do in a game because he can you know, carry the ball really hard like a big, heavy 105-kilo centre that he is. He can play a bit of ball play like the creative one, or he can take the line on and get offloads. You know, so there's a huge amount of talent to his game. He's got a good kicking game. He kicks goals. So, um, and again, I, I really like it when I see this is where I see a guy like he gets to jump and play outside Bernard Foley, and in between his Rafael, oh, that's not bad, is it? You know, yeah. A couple of composed guys there to get you through your first few games of Super Rugby. It seems like the big thing for him is just uh, him, you know, having a little bit of healthy arrogance about himself and and, and just 
dominating. I think he was talking about being a bit starstruck around all these other guys, but he's he's got a tremendous skill set, so he's just got to rip in, and I think he, he will have a really good season. Um, at the time of recording, Bernard Foley's still under a bit of a concussion cloud, so um, if, if he's no good uh, at Thursday's training, they'll, they'll go with Bryce Hegarty, but it's a, it's a, it's a very strong uh, squad despite a couple of guys being out, isn't it? I did hear he's at a hairdresser this morning, which to <laughs> me indicates that he's playing, because Bernard's the type of guy around one. Wants to look good. Yeah, he's pretty, pretty aware of all that stuff. He's a millennial. He's a millennial, so he knows what's happening. So that's a good sign. Like I think if you're a concussion getting and not feeling that well, you wouldn't be going to get a haircut, would you? Well, I'm hope, back and burn it in. Well, I hope he's not too cloudy and he hasn't asked for uh, for, for a controversial haircut that could go horribly wrong. Is a bit that of a fade? You think possibly? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> They'll be too good for Tars the go, too good go for well the force round one. You're thinking? Oh, oh. no. You know it's, what? It's going to be tough. I'm tipping a tight one. Yeah. Their opponents this weekend are the fourth Saturday night who have not, we don't have their team as yet. David Vessel's pulling a former coach, Michael Foley, on us, waiting for as long as he can until he gets the team out and about. David, get your sides out. I reckon out. Sean Byrne has something to do with that. I reckon get your Sean, sides out. Yeah. None of these ducks and drags garbage. Yeah. Name your team. Yeah, if you want to change it Saturday afternoon. If you want to grow the game, name your team. But if you want to change it Saturday afternoon, no <laughs> dramas. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Just give us someone to talk about. Get a about. team out. Yeah. Get, just get some black and, black and white, you know. Yep. Get some ink down on some paper for us. That's yep. all we're after. Uh, so we'll have a guess at their likely lineup. Uh, I'm going to throw in a guy to watch this weekend, Issa Nisarani, who was all over the field for the force at the Brisbane 10. But we don't know if he's playing because they haven't named the side. I'm going to say yeah. that he is. Yeah, okay. He'll um, be in there, won't he? Somewhere. Um, yeah. It's six or eight. Uh, potentially, Benny McCowan's back, isn't he? Don't think so. Hodge might be back. He hurt his hamstring. Tweaked his hammy. Playing hooker in the sevens. In yeah, but the nice Sarani. He's, nice he's, yeah. he's a man to watch this year. Uh, another guy who bounced on through Brisbane City's NRC side last year. Big Fijian back row. Tips from about a 118, 198 centimetres. Tall guy. Good skill set. In the in Radiki contact. Samo mould. Very much so. Similar to Radiki Samo. Touch shorter, but a very impressive player to add some punch up front and out wide. How about this? We we did some. Our man Toby Sinclair, our producer Toby Sinclair, Tony or Toby, Tony, Tony yeah. Sinclair, Toby Sinclair. He crunched the numbers on Luke Moraham and his record against the Waratahs. I think he's played like nine games, one eight. Really, it's pretty strong. I think he's five. I think he was five Dunnies. from five with the one. Reds, and then three from four with the Force against the Tars. Excellent stuff, Toby. Yeah, I think that's right. That's the, the Moz. So and he's he, got some points in him, Moz, as well. The Moz. So he's, uh, I'm excited to see Bill Meeks. Bill Meeks in the yep. centres? Yeah. Back from Gloucester? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he goes all right. They'll be better the force, won't they? I think they're going to be a lot more competitive than they were last season. Um, they're they, they're going to. I reckon they'll be the surprise packet. They've, they've got guys at the right stage of their career, got a few rejects. Everyone loves yep. a reject, and... They'll come together and I think... Tatafu pulled it now against his old team. Yeah, I wouldn't call Tatafu reject, but yeah, like... It's not very nice, mate. No, he'd be listening as well, so he's <laughs> a good friend of the, old team. the podcast, yeah. And Funny I'm sorry for you about Tatafu. Go on. After the Brisbane Tens. <laughs> after the Brisbane Tens, were though we had a couple of beers? I saw Taf out quite late that night, We yeah. had a few beers. You know where Taf ended up? Where? Pancake Manor. The 24-hour pancake? 24-hour pancake joint in, in Brisbane. We can say that, because pancakes are all good on the... 
on the caught up with a couple of the yeah. Fox crew. He's just played a full weekend of tens. He needs to get some. I did also. See him. I saw him with two kebabs uh, in hand later on that night as well. So he was definitely. They uh, weren't his. Re- he was. He was replacing the, all. Uh, no, that was. No, a really, had a big weekend. Very healthy kebab. And he's also going to double as a bit of a tight head for him, which is pretty unique. Unique. Can't wait to see that. He is uh, a real. Unique cap- way to s- describe Taft. He's a real yeah. character. He's even uh, claiming that one of the force assistant coaches had spotted his goal kicking ability, and he was even talking that up. So. Um, Take take that with a grain of uh, kebab sauce. Well, see, he was at the he was at the Super Rugby launch a day after the Brisbane Tens, and he was just going on on tangents. <laughs> He's on tough mode. Yeah. On tangents. I don't know where he wanted to get to, and I don't think he got anywhere near it. He, what staff go to saying? It's um, <laughs> at the end having, of the day. At the end of that, and having said that, having said that, yeah, having said that, yeah. and at the end of the day, or his two go tos. Yeah. He's a visionary. How do you think he's going to go out there in the West? Is, is Perth the place for him? He'll kill. Ah, uh, he'll yeah, he'll be great for them as long as he stays injury free. And tough to tough who plot an hour versus Tolu Latu. So Tolu is pretty much a clone of Tatafu. I don't know how they're going to tackle each other because they both just dive at each other's legs. Like it'll be like someone trying to take out a set of ten pin bowlings. If is are we talking like is it is it like a Marvel or a DC comics film where there's two Hulks and the Hulks yeah. got to fight the other Hulk? But it's weird. I think there's a you know I know good Hulk v they're bad. Clo- Hulk. They're really close friends, so it's it's almost like they just bash each other on multiple occasions and then probably shake hands during the game, high five, keep going. I'm think, trying to think of movies that have got a clone where the clones fought the other clone. Uh, you oh, you know, for me? Buzz Lightyear. Oh, there's two yeah. buzzes. You know, like there's two, bu- two is buzzes. Is there to a buzz? Like, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> that's a pretty good battle. That one. That's a great battle. Yeah. So who wins? Have seen that one? Toy Story. Buzz. Buzz wins. Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, good buzz wins. Good buzz yeah. wins. You have to play around with the mode. Well, who's, well, who's good buzz out of? We don't know. We don't know. We'll find out on Saturday night between the Force and the Waratahs. It's going to be a cracking scrum battle. Yeah, Tuff was talking about that. He wishes he hadn't taught these young hookers all his tricks. So he claimed. So he's. Yeah, hopefully he's working on some new tricks. It's going to be a, a fierce battle up front. I reckon it'll be a tight game. I know that the bookies have the margin of about 14 and a half. I think that's a lot of points. Well, if Foley uh, doesn't play, I'd, I'd give the force a sniff. But uh, Halsey's pretty confident with his hairdressing mail then, so I'm going to I'm going to go with the Tars. I think you play. I think the Tars will win, but I don't think it's going to be a 14-point game. I think the force, there'll be a lot more competitive. The, the challenge is actually having the class to, to win games, right? That's going to be the question mark. They have added some interesting guys like Curtis Rona and, and Chance Penny, who have got a bit of X-factor X about them. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Penny, they're both excellent. Yeah, yeah, they're, you're right. My only concern is that they'll probably go back to what they think's worked for them. I don't reckon they will. Well, I reckon they'll I go away from it. Against the Tars? In the I, reckon last go away. I reckon okay. they'll go away from it. Okay, do I hope th- they do. Do you think they'll lock it down and play tight? Oh, I hope not. I did have a chat with Sean Byrne, their assistant coach, this week. He wouldn't give me much information. But if they win, I put a photo up of him. So that's the, there's a shine every cloud. Explain mm. to us again why... And what's going on on that front? Okay, so if you check my Instagram feed, um, you'll see there's a photo of Sean Byrne dressed ridiculously. And I've got about another 145 of those photos in different costumes. I'm going to have a look right now. In 2005, what's your handle? Uh, I do follow you. At Steve Hoyles. Um, are you, is that a public account because yeah. of, you know how last year you had to go private on a couple no, of No, I just locked, I locked Twitter down. Twitter's not a very happy place, mate. Instagram's full of friendly, positive remarks. You so say true. That. Twitter gets Twitter's nasty, doesn't it? Twitter's full of very yeah. angry people. You say that. Yeah, they'll uh, probably all turn on me. I'll shut my Instagram down soon. No, you'll be right. So, remind us again. So, if, if for every game that the Western Force win in 2017 with Sean Byrne, former Waratah and Ramwick team out of yours, um, for everyone they win, you will post another photo of Sean Byrne dressed stupidly. Yes, because in 2005, when he was playing at the Waratahs with us, we did a, a fake photo shoot where he thought he was dressing up for men's health, um, and he wasn't. He was dressing up for his team, and that was it. And 
we'll get to the bottom of it. I won't explain exactly okay, what his gotcha. comeback was. His comeback was very sharp and aggressive, and it you know damaged my my now wife you know for a long time psychologically. Anyway, um, he basically like tampered with my house, and um, so the and so the deal was if he damaged any property in his revenge, um, involve my girlfriend who's now my wife or went public with anything, those photos were going to get released to the press. And he, he stepped over the line. So he those crossed photos, the line. He crossed the line. He stepped over the did. line. So anyway, there's been one photo put up on Instagram and I hope, Found they, it. hope they win plenty more. Well, to make it easy for those listening, I'll, um, I'll, can I update this week's column and we'll, we'll put that in there as well. Um, a bit of background on, on a that A bit of a background topic. on sure. what's going on. So every game the force you Check wins. out Sean's column uh, yeah. online, people, foxsports.com.au. Yeah. Sean, he's going to be doing a weekly column. Yeah, it's up and running. Um, okay, so quickly, your tip for top, or you, you, number one Kiwi side, your number one SA side. Uh, look, I'll, uh, I've got the eye patch on. I'll stick with my Hurricanes. I think they've uh, kept a pretty settled squad. Um, Milner Scudder not, not playing this week, but he'll be he'll be back throughout the year. So I'll go What's the Hurricanes. What's wrong with Scudder? A uh, bit of just a hammy, so he's okay. not not on the plane to just Japan. Been too awesome. And um, I'm not stepped his hamstring out of his body. <laughs> he did. Yeah. And the the Lions, like the Lions, have kept pretty much their team together as well. So I, I think there's no reason why they can't go back to another Super Rugby final as well. So yeah, well, I was probably going to go the Crusaders, but now I look at Bowden Barrett's younger brother come on the scene, Shit. and I just go, wow. What about? Actually? I'm going to stick with the Crusaders at the top of the conference. Um, and I'll go Reds to top the Aussie conference. I do think the Tars will make it though. I think that'll be yeah. a really tight battle, and I'd, yeah. um, and I'd probably say the Reds just to put more pressure on them. Yeah. Um, and I'll go the Lions purely because, as I said, I just don't get to see enough of the South Africans till about round two or three. I'm going to go Bulls. Ooh, I think okay. they've got the kind of they were buzzing, but I think the Bulls have got the kind of the, uh, the draw the draw this year. Yeah. Am I right in saying that they, uh, they don't have the Kiwi sides? The Lions have got the easiest side. The Bulls, I'm oh, not 100% sure. The Bulls, sure. The Bulls have the vibe master, Potkeeter. Jack Potkeeter, that wacko. <laughs> you should have seen him at the Brisbane 10s. <laughs> yeah. Jack Pot, you, you crazy, you crazy African-speaking bearded, bald-headed wacko. He comes out. Did you see what, what he served oh, up? So the no. Bulls played really good footy at the Brisbane 10s. And before the, semi, before the quarterfinal game, wasn't it? Yeah. He comes out with the boom box. He led the side out as if he was led playing. Led the as side captain. out as if he was playing. Carrying the boom box. Gets the side singing and dancing. Head tape. In the tunnel. Head tape. Jumper on. Runs to the middle of Suncorp. Pulls a 180, runs off again. Doesn't even play. Sits down with the I didn't notice it in the first game. I was trying to find him. And then he's singing on the sideline. And then... and then uh, carrying on like Bruce Springsteen on the sideline. It was amazing. Incredible. So they've got a good vibe going on. But the best thing I saw after that was when they played the Chiefs, who are obviously going through a really tough week because of Sione Luaki. Yes. Jacques had both sides singing in the sheds opposite each other before they ran out. I just thought that was such a great... It was fantastic. ...example of like sportsmanship. Both yeah. sides singing and dancing to one of Jacques' crazy African songs. Yeah. Might have been... Um, Cap uh, time. Kurt Darren, you think? Might have been Kurt Darren, Cap time. But yeah, so I'll go the Bulls. I'll go the Bulls. Solid um, rationale. Off the back of their <laughs> performance at the Brizzy 10s. So I'll bet you, Don't forget they beat the Chiefs too in Brisbane in their trial game. And I will... 
go the Highlanders for top of the Kiwi Conference. Second, I was going to have the Crusaders. And Reds to top the Aussie Conference. Can the Jaguars make it, the semis this year? They should. They, I yeah. mean, they're going to be a lot better, surely, they yeah. were for the, the calibre of squad they had. I think the first year they were probably on a bit of holiday mode, excited to be in the comp, travelling around. They they may have had a few, uh, I don't know, a few nights out. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. So I think they will they probably would have got a bit of a bollocking from the uh, the national body because they're, they're paying them big bucks to stay in the country now. So I think they're going to be a bit more professional this year. And, and, uh, and used to the rigours of the weekend. I think they out. can make the finals. They're, they've yeah. still got that horrific travel, but oh, I think they'll improve, yeah. And I think the Western Force will finish third or better in the Aussie Conference. How I, don't about know, the, I don't know who will fall below How about them. the poor old uh, Moondogs have got the Hurricanes in round one. They've had about three weeks training together. Um, it's it's tough for the, the Moonies. About, forget about the, the Moondogs. They're back again. Uh, guys, we'll be back again. Actually, uh, rain check. You're going to you're gonna have to dial me in from Vegas. <laughs> oh, next week. Here we go. Next week. I'm going to Vegas next for the week. sevens. And then Vancouver? Tuesday. Yeah, and then Vancouver. Going to go snowboarding again? Oh, no, shit, no. I'm going, I'll go skiing. Ski. I, can't, I can't do another day on the, on the slopes on a snowboard. You need me there, don't you? My coccyx can't yeah, take another the day. Hop on the skis. Get on the pizza, pizza shapes. It's much big rig friendlier. It is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll dial it in. I'll give sure. you a preview on the men's and women's sides going out at, over in Vegas next week. But this weekend, this Thursday night, in fact, it all starts Super Rugby back again. Yeah, it is on your TV screens. It's inside your stadiums. It is going to be the Rebels and the Blues duking it out. Reds v Sharks Friday night. Force and Rebels and the Brumbies all playing out on Saturday afternoon. We can't wait to bring you all the coverage from Fox Sports. And right now on behalf of Sam Worthington, Stephen Halls, it's Sean Maloney saying good luck to you and yours, and we'll catch you same time next week.